0: How crucial is a win on the road in the SEC?
1: Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Special guest today, we are joined by Van Allen Plexico, host of the AU Wishbone podcast, also co author of the best Auburn basketball book to ever exist, from Barkley to Bruce. Welcome in, my friend. Uh, I think you guys do a great job over at the You Wishbone Podcast. Excited to, to do this with you today.
1: Well, thank you so much, Zach. And we think the exact same thing about you and your show. John I appreciate and I both listen all the time. And uh, just an awesome job. Very entertaining and very informative both, and that's a great combination.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So our topic today, you know, everybody kind of asks the question, like, what does Hugh Freeze need to do to have a successful first season on the plains and there's so many different ways van to kind of incorporate like what success looks like because it's not just wins and losses it's how it's played it's how you build your program so we're each going to give you three reasons and they're all different which is very very fun very very exciting as to what would make this season successful for Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers and I think van the first item that I'm going to bring up is I think Auburn has to win an SEC game away from Jordan-Hare Stadium. And I'm not counting Cal. That Cal game would be huge to win over in California. Don't get me wrong, but I think when you look at the slate of games that are on the road, I think all of them are winnable for different reasons. I think LSU's the toughest. But you know, Texas A&M, earlier in the offseason, I had that as my most important game on the schedule for Auburn. In Baton Rouge, I mean, that would be huge. You talk about setting the tone and setting the culture. Uh, at Vanderbilt certainly seems like the most winnable one. Then at Arkansas, you know, they've got a lot of hype with KJ Jefferson around them going into the season van. But I, I think winning a game in the conference outside of Jordan Hare Stadium would be a big step to having a successful first season for Hugh Freeze.
1: No, I agree completely, and you're right that it it does stack up really well this year that we don't have Alabama and Georgia on the road, so we right. really can make a great effort at at reeling in at least one, but hopefully more than one of those. John and I, in fact, are planning on going to the Arkansas game. I think so. We'll be uh we'll be reporting cool. reporting live, but no, I think that I'm I do worry a little bit that we're taking the Cal game for granted. I think a lot of Auburn folks are kind of looking at that Cal game and going, oh, that's a go ahead and put that one in the win column and. and you know, that's a long way to travel. And Auburn does not have a good history of going on the road or often, often at home against non-conference Power Five teams. It's it's a very bad record. So uh, I think we may really need to, to knock off somebody. And let me ask you this too. I yeah. hear some hype about LSU and Texas A&M this year. We beat Texas A&M last year with basically half a team and an interim coach. We, we came within this close of beating LSU last year. So if we are as much better as I think we're going to be, I don't see where those are suddenly top 10 teams and we're down in the bottom. I think that we're being way undervalued in that way, and I wonder if those two are being a little overvalued.
0: Yeah, I think you ask a great question. And so Texas A&M specifically, it's the same thing, just a different year. Nobody's questioning the talent of that roster. It's just how is all that talent going to come together? And so everybody's assuming that they're going to have a better offense because I mean, I think Connor Wegman's not, I don't think he's a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination for the Aggies, but you know, what is that offense going to look like? It's going to be a new offense. They, you know, it appears Jimbo Fisher is finally handing the keys of the offense to somebody else. That could be scary if it all clicks, but, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, the fact that, that Auburn was able to beat that team a year ago with whatever Auburn had to field. I mean, they, that team was running on fumes, right? Yes, <laughs> so absolutely. So that, that's a big in part of it. Motion, yeah. Yeah, and the LSU, I think, is a bit easier of a sell, right? They won the SEC West last year, and they're bringing a bunch back. And it's in Baton Rouge. It's not at, at Jordan-Hare Stadium. So that's why I think that one's so tough. But A&M, that's totally winnable in my mind
1: and you've got two jugs of nitroglycerin there and their coaching staff banging against each other, it could either make a fireworks explosion or they could just blow the whole stadium up. You know what I mean? There's no telling it. what's going to come out of that.
0: So, I get it. I get it. All right, what's, what's one of your things? Okay, if Auburn does this, it's a successful season for Hugh Freeze.
1: I don't have as specific a thing as that, but my thinking is the, the, the number one first thing is we just have to show that progress is being made. Uh, I want to see that the players are being coached right, look like they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I want to see that there is a logic to the play calls. And I want to see that recruiting continues to be a priority, and we're and continue to address our areas of need. I'll tell you this, I just finished reading, um, uh, Al Borges' new book on the 2004 season. Yeah, and when you read his thoughts on how he put an offensive game plan together, how he scripted plays, how he fit all the puzzle pieces together, that's the kind of thing I'd love to see from a Hugh Freeze and uh, Field Marshal Montgomery, as I call him. Offense is is putting together like a cohesive, coherent plan that looks like it's going somewhere, knows what it's doing, and 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 raises the confidence of the players. And I think that we'll see that pretty quickly. And again, it helps that we start kind of low. We, we're, we don't have one of these seeds where we open up against Southern Cal or something, right? We start with UMass and can kind of right. build yeah. and put it together. And I think we'll see very quickly, that. that and I think that is going to be the case.
0: Yeah, and you know we've talked as an Auburn fan base for so long about Alignment. Like if we could get everything, you know, everybody on the same page, like, wow, what Auburn could be. I think we saw a glimpse of it, you know, to go back to that text A and M game where everything kind of came together, it's like, wow, we're all together again. Like this is really, really cool. And you know, I talked to Nehemiah Pritchett earlier in the week and and they talked about he talked about how this team really feels like everybody's in the right spot. everybody's in the right places, doing the right things. Everybody kind of knows what they need to do. And, you know, he's been here for for a hot minute and he's like i haven't really felt that since i've been yeah. here and, and and i think that kind of goes to what you're saying like if you see all of this start to come together over the course of the season it could really really build and that's i mean it's exciting but it, it's kind of easy to see and you know folks outside of auburn will say oh you're just bugging you're being a homer or whatever but like it is kind of easy to see how the schedule could fall that way in our favor yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it. But what you just said about it about the away games, the fact that it builds steadily but doesn't start out too hard. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really. And we have the Alabama and Georgia at home. This this schedule is if it's gonna if you're gonna have to play an Auburn schedule, you couldn't ask for much of a better one than what we have. I think.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. My next note is about the offense, and boy, it's exciting to think about what this offense could be. We'll share that in just a moment, right here. On Locked On Auburn today's show brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. I'm wearing my Bird Dogs right now. That's probably why I seem so loose, so comfortable, so ready to go. And so you need to head over to birddogs.com/slash locked on college. You can enter promo code Locked On College, all one word, Locked On College for a free Yeti style tumbler. But look, talking about Bird Dogs, they are versatile. They're easy to work out in. Go run errands in. If you're sitting at a desk all day at home or, or at work. Or at school. These are the kind of things that you want to buy. And look, Father's Day is coming up. If you uh, if you want to buy something for your pops, head over to birddogs.com slash locked on college. They will absolutely love it. So uh, once again, birddogs.com slash locked on college. Use that promo code locked on college for that extra tumbler. All right, Van. My next thing is I think Auburn to be successful, to have a first successful year under Hugh Freeze, they need to have a top half offense in the SEC. I mean there's a lot of talk about, you know, Peyton Thorn coming in. There's a lot of talk about bringing in these transfer wide receivers. He totally rebuilt the offensive line. And regardless of who's taking carries at running, back, I mean, I think they're going to find success. So all of a sudden it's like, okay, let's set a goal for this. And like let's be realistic with it. But I think this offense could be fifth or sixth in the SEC and all of a sudden you look at that with Hugh Freeze just kind of having to build it with duct tape Uh, All of a sudden, it's like, yeah, this. I think we, I think we would all take that right now.
1: Oh, we take it. I it that that. I mean, I hope that may be a little ambitious, just because of where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. And you know, you you hear the comments of other coaches anonymously around the league saying that we're kind of a, you know, like you say, duct tape. We're kind of a jumbled together thing right now. We just don't know how they're going to mesh. We don't know what the chemistry is going to be, and that really is the key. I mean, think again. I was just mentioning 2004. Think about the difference between the 2003 offense, the 2004 offense—two completely, you know, different approaches, but the exact same players. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we could take the players, and we and and this year we're going to have even different players uh, because of all the transfer portals. So I think well, it's little-
0: let's go, let's go more recent, 2012 to 2013. I mean, a lot yes. of those guys. Are, I mean, Nick Marshall oh. obviously was a big yes. part of that. Don't get me wrong, but but still, I mean, the idea is similar. And, you know, what you say there, it makes a good point, is that we have
1: a history, a recent history, of dramatic offensive turnarounds with the right coach, with the right system, usually involving, you know, with Nick Marshall bringing in the right quarterback or something like that. So, you know, again, it's just really going to come down to the chemistry. It's going to come down to the players buying in everything. But um, I think the potential is there. And and, and I don't think they have to be top half. We're going to have a good defense. We'll have some good special teams
0: as long as they can – do their part on offense. I feel all right. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like they could, they could not be top half, but be efficient and yeah. take care of the football and let the defense keep them in games and not push anything. Um, that's a good point that you just mentioned there. So you made it sound like that was a little aggressive. So where do you think, if you had to project, I'm just kind of throwing this at you, if you had to project where they finish one through fourteen in the SEC when looking at offenses, what do you think is realistic? expectation probably realistic
1: is eight or nine but i'm really hoping that they can get yeah five six seven would be great yeah yeah no i'm doing that with the players they're bringing in you never know it
0: it could be it's just interesting because so many big parts of the offense came in that second window so it's like how quick can they can they adjust with with everything it's going to be a really interesting um, thing and Hugh Freeze is going to be asked this a million times. Like, do, are you going to coach and develop and prep in the fall different than you ever have? Because, like, I don't know how he does it. So that'll be that'll be interesting. All right, what's your uh, what's your second reason or uh, thing that you're looking for for? Okay, this will be a successful season. What I'm
1: looking for is for the players. I want them to play hard. I want them to play smart. Okay. Uh, I want them to look like they bought into the system. They I want them to look like they're um, they're being well coached. Again, the, you know, I look back to the past. I'm the historian of, this, uh, of our show. And I look back to um, Pat Dye coming in 1981. Uh, and those players were not expected to do anything. And they only won five games out of 11. But they went up to Tennessee, for example, a team that had, that had hammered them in the past. And they came within just a couple of points of beating Tennessee in Nayland. And in the locker room after that game, famously, they weren't like, "Oh man, we almost beat Tennessee." They were crying because they mm. didn't win. That mindset had already sunk in from Pat Dye that you're good enough to go out there and beat anybody right now, and if, and I want to see our team go out there and look like they know what they're doing, look like they're ready to take care of business, and I want them to be disappointed if they don't beat everybody. They want they need to think they're going to go twelve and zero. That's what I like that mindset.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Jason Jones came on the show. Uh, I think it was on Saturday. He he talked about how like their mindset is like let's go twelve and zero. Like if we don't do that, like that's the goal. There's no reason for that not to be the goal and the expectation. No. I don't know if we would have heard that before. Um, yeah, just 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 being honest. So um, I like that. And I mean that that goes back to the culture aspect of it too. And you can't build that overnight, but maybe you can build it quicker than some people are projecting you to.
1: Yeah, I and I, I, again I feel everything is that we've seen so far has led me to feel very positive about it. Sure. It really seemed like they're buying in
0: and uh, yeah, I feel very good about it. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. We both share our final points, uh, as far as what Auburn and Hugh freeze needed to do to have a successful season to ring in the freeze era at Auburn. We discuss in just a moment right here on locked on Auburn. I want to encourage you to join the locked On Auburn discord, it is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below our special guest today van allen plexco if folks are unfamiliar with the au wishbone podcast how can they find it what can they expect when they get over there um we're on every
1: conceivable podcast uh, app au wishbone sure uh, You you can go to www.auwishbone.com there's a number of archive some of our greatest hits our classic episodes and stuff are there Uh, a documentary series we did that became a book we believed and um yeah i mean we're easy to find yeah and occasionally we do a youtube show every now and then we're not like daily on here like you are you're you're the video king but we're uh every now and then we we get a wild hair and decide to do a video show
0: sure sure yes be sure to give them some love um you guys do an outstanding job so Pivoting to the recruiting aspect of this. Quick pause. This conversation with Van was recorded before Auburn added three very talented uh, rising seniors to the 2024 class. So a little bit of a reverse jinx. You're welcome. So just keep that in mind. Still applies. A top 12 or a top 10 class I think is needed for a successful season. My last thing is Auburn and Hugh Freeze, they need to secure... A top twelve class. If we would have done this a week ago, I probably would have sent top ten man. But I'm going to give them a little bit of wiggle room, All right. uh, just just Absolutely. to kind of see what 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 happens with some of these kids and big week, you know, in regards to official visits and stuff. So we'll see what happens. But securing that top twelve class because that's just that's still too low to compete with the best of the best, which is what you're going to have to do if you want to be competitive in the SEC, especially playing Alabama and Georgia every year, which we assume we will continue to do so moving forward. And so I I think that's got to be it. And I think he's not going to be able to really get to that point. He being coach freeze until there's some proof of concept, kind of what you were talking about earlier, as far as showing progress is being made. And I think once again, that's several different things. I think that's development. I think that's, you know, is there an offense? Like, do we have an offense again? Um, and can you beat some guys and, you know, some teams that you're maybe not supposed to. And so it it may kind of hover around 15 to 20 until December rolls around and he's able to go back to these kids that he's been hitting up all summer all season and say, hey, everything I said, I did, you know, imagine what we could do with you here. So I I think it's going to kind of lull back a little bit until December. And then I think we'll take a big step forward. So securing a top 12 class, hopefully it's much higher than that, Ben. Well, I don't know what he
1: and the coaching staff, other what else they could do, right? I mean, the only other thing they can do is win ball games, because they are working their tails off. It's very obvious, you know. And, you know, the, the other aspect of it that we don't talk about much is, you know, for all the last few years, and I don't just mean potato, but even back a few years before that, um, for all those years, we were pulling in top 10, 12, 15 classes, and yet by the time the season is getting going – a lot of them would be gone Mm -hmm. or would never work out, would never pan out. And so not only do I want us to see it, to see us have a top 10, top 12 class, I'd like it to be a legitimate top 10, top 12 class with players that stick around and actually contribute and don't turn out to be flashes in the pan. You know, Mm -hmm. that there's just been too much of that. I mean, you know, think how many five, four or five star players, for example, Gus was able to bring in and then they just never played. They never worked out, you know? So some did and some didn't, but I, you know, if you went back and regraded those seasons, I don't think we would have had a, the classes we thought we did. And so, sure. if we could pull in legitimate top ten, top fifteen classes over the next few years, I mean, I just think you
0: know, the sky's the limit. Or it seemed like all of them were defensive backs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they weren't like evenly spread out. Certainly weren't offensive linemen, right? So no, exactly. Um, yeah, so we'll see. And so far. I mean, small sample size, but the way he finished last year's class and the way he addressed the transfer portal, like he, he kind of, you know, spread it evenly, you know, amongst the roster. And so once again, small sample size, but it's hard to be upset with what he's done so far. All right. What is your final thing? What does Auburn need to do to have a successful season? What's your final one?
1: I want to see Auburn football be fun. We've had too much angst the last couple of years, right? I mean, we, we suffered through 2020 with the COVID year and the fans couldn't go and the schedule was all wonky. And then we had the things that, you know, the 2021 season kind of took a nosedive with with Texas A&M. And then, And then everything in the off season and then all, you know, it was came a funeral March through 2022 and all the, and then we had so much negativity, even around hiring Hugh Freeze, you know, it's kind of, thankfully it's kind of died down now, Mm -hmm. but I understand, you know, I understand the the rationale of people that felt that way, but it just seems like every single thing that's happened with Auburn football, good or bad has had some kind of an angsty to it. And that feeds right into, into uh, what you were just talking about recruiting. Sure. Because, you know right now we're pulling in the players that are willing to have faith that it's going to be good mm-hmm. but hopefully we can get a season under our belt and they will see that it can be good and then you're going to get players that are aren't just the ones willing to roll the dice you know but actually proof of concept is said. so if everybody's having fun and and not just the um not just the players not just coaches but the fans it, you know we we had a taste of that with Cadillac with the Texas A&M game and everything last season and we know how good it can be. We rem- we were able to be reminded of how good it can be. And so, you know, if everything is going the way we want it to go, we'll be having fun and we'll know it, right? And we'll enjoy it and it'll be a joy again. So, that's When
0: perfect. do you think when do you think the, the last time Auburn football was truly fun? And I, I know you said A&M like that was that was incredible, but that was kind yeah. of a Unsustainable thing, right? No, right, right. I, probably the 2019 Iron Bowl. Yeah, and I even think th- yeah, that that's the best Iron Bowl so of my lifetime. By the way, I know we yeah. talked about the kick <laughs> six and all that, but I, I think it was 2019. Yeah. It was something, yeah. But even that
1: season was kind of disappointing because we had that great defense and we still lost to Florida, still lost to LSU, and so we were mm-hmm. we were kind of like, uh you know, it's another eight and five year, dang it, or nine and four, you know. So
0: yeah, the month of November in 17 was pretty. That was pretty special too. That's pretty special. It's, it's special. It's special. <laughs> <laughs> well, it man, was. thank you for uh, thank you for doing this on kind of a kind of a short notice. Um, uh, once again, kind of tell folks what all they can uh, how, maybe maybe promote your book again, real quick, if
1: you don't. Yeah, mind. well, there's we've got two recent Auburn books out. The basketball one obviously came out last year from Barkley to Bruce. Ma- mainly focuses on Auburn. Um, ever um, really, it starts with Sonny Smith coming in. And, and then runs all the way up through last season. And and I just want to say,
0: we were talking about this beforehand. Like I'm a newer Auburn basketball fan. I got into it with my father is when we really started going to a lot of games, like the last two or three years of the Jeff Lebo era. And so, you know, I'd get out of high school and we'd go and watch, you know, games, um, at beard Eves. And like, there was just so much in that book. You guys nailed it. And like the way y'all tell stories and stuff, like y'all knocked it out of the park. It was great. It was really, really good.
1: I mean, honestly, between Sonny Smith and Charles Barkley, they just kind of sure they carry the parade by themselves. With their sure, I get balls. it. All we had to do is chronicle it. The other book that we did that's been big in the last couple of years is, is We Believe, Volume 1, which is it's a big, thick book, but it's basically John and me talking about all the Auburn seasons that we actually watched up through 98. And we're going to do Volume 2 in a couple of years, probably. That'll carry all the way up through whenever it is we finally do it. So starting mm-hmm. with Tuberville. So this is basically Pat Dye and Terry Bowden. And then we just started working. I'm not going to say specifically, but we just started working. And now in a book that we hope to have done next year, uh, we've done a lot of interviews already. I'm doing a lot of research for oh, about one specific ball game. So maybe
0: folks can kind of guess what mm. particular game might we be doing an entire book about. Interesting. Interesting. All right. All right. Yeah. Be sure to check out everything van has going on at van Allen Plexico on Twitter, and other socials, I'm sure. You can follow me on socials at Z Blackerby. Check out all my written work at auburndaily.com. And we will see you next time. This has been Locked on Auburn.